Hey guys, as always, the Side Character Podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast about cultural diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan. I'm Leah. So last episode, we talked about does this hold up um, in reference to like one of our favorite animes, Full Metal Alchemist. And like the idea of does this hold up has been something I've been kind of thinking about for the last few weeks, especially when it comes to dealing with a lot of the stuff I really enjoy. Um, So in that, I've actually noticed a lack of diversity in all media, like when it comes to music, to movies, to like nerd shows and stuff we enjoy to anime pretty much everything seems to have a little bit of lack of diversity but also on the other side of that when there is diversity in works it's hard to really know if it's more actual diversity or if it's tokenism like the idea of just being able to check off boxes like say okay we have the token black character we have the token whatever character so that kind of goes into what we're going to be talking about today and this actually ties into what we've been discussing pretty much every single episode up until now so we wanted to talk about like so far our biggest topic of all times tokenism yep it hits all the big points all yeah. the stuff well really in writing this it was like one of those things where oh yeah no token like because i guess off the top of my head when i think tokenism i think just clearly the token black character like that that's kind of how it's been shown in media like the token black character like even south park has the character literally named token as the token black character in a white show type of thing and so like I guess there's really a disconnect of what tokenism actually is versus kind of what we've been told it is. And so I guess we should get into some definitions. Sure. So first is your basic one from Merriam-Webster, which is that it's the tokenism is the practice of doing something such as hiring a person who belongs to a minority group only to present criticism to prevent criticism and give the appearance that people are being treated fairly. So that's your most basic definition. Um, and most of the ones around you'll see are like that. I think this is a pretty good one for as it goes for describing this. Because, um, yeah, it focuses on giving an example and then, yeah, only to it's- prevent criticism. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like like I was saying, it's like checking that box. It's like okay, we're not going to get flack for not being diverse if we have one female character in it. Otherwise, um, another name for that, in case people don't know, is the diversity hire. What? The diversity hire. Oh, sorry. Wow. Yeah. I when you said hire, like this is how my brain worked. I thought H I G H E R, like no, hire, no, like no, no, on no, 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 a no. higher level, not like hiring. No, yeah, so you're putting a name to it, like, we know, to, we usually say tokenism in fiction, like, I feel like that's what we're seeing it in the media, but it's now morphed into its friend, the diversity hire in the workplace, where you're the person that they've hired to make it look less white on your team, you're the person <laughs> who gets brought into all the photos, or gets put on all the panels about the p- people like you, like... Like, oh, God. like like straight up um you just defined like kind of how my um life interacts with um some of the things i've been doing like in work i am one of the only, i don't even know if i should technically say this on the air but at work i am one of the only um african-american workers in the office at um college there were times when they literally would take pictures of me or have me like stand pretty much front and center to be you know look we got black people yeah. Um, and then like with panels and stuff like that, I've been brought in because I've been their kind of diversity hire and stuff yeah. like that. So, Oh, believe me, as a woman who's in academia, but also partly in a tech field, <laughs> <laughs> just let me tell you what it looks like when I go to my lab meetings. <laughs> I, I mean, we're about to do the second definition, but I mean, this is kind of what we be when we say we're the side characters <laughs> like it's less of a fun title and more of a literal thing 
is that we are the side characters that have to show up in all of the we, we we are the tokens anyways our second definition kind of hits upon what am i saying our second definition is from wikipedia and it's it's less a definition is more a an expansive paragraph i don't know the word i'm looking for <laughs> it's it's less less a definition and more of a tapestry of all of what tokenism is and exactly. i kind of wanted to go through this one yeah Buckle i found this in, while writing take... well i found it while writing and i was like hmm, maybe we could break it down into the episode and jordan was like no this works as a full thing we're just gonna say the entire thing people <laughs> come on come on <laughs> well i i want it so yeah we're gonna break it down but i kind of wanted to give it up tops just to be like the sheer understanding thing because yeah it does need to be broken down but i wanted to give it in its full things just so we have the entire like, no because it does a good it does a full yeah. picture yeah it, it it's an ugly picture to be honest mm. So Wikipedia says, in fiction, a token character exists only to achieve minimal compliance with the normality presumed for the society described in the story. Writers also use the token character to pay lip service to the rules and the standards that they do not abide, such as by obeying anti-racism policies, by including a token ethnic minority character who has no true narrative function in the plot and is usually a stereotyped character. In fiction, token characters represent groups which vary from the norm, usually defined as a white heterosexual male, and are otherwise excluded from the story. The token character can be based on ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, or gender, typically a female character in a predominantly male cast. Token characters are usually background characters and, as such, are usually disposable and are eliminated from the narrative early in the story in order to enhance the drama while conserving the main character. So as I say that, you'll probably recognize like a lot of the stuff that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Particularly so, if you listened to the episode a couple weeks ago on <laughs> The Fridge. The Fridge, Um. also the like killing off the black character first, or... If you just watch anime, you'll know. <laughs> so, I guess now it's time to really break it down and, like, get funky with it. So, how does um, tokenism operate within fiction and media is really the first standpoint yeah. I kind of want to hit. Yeah, and as, as it said in that thing, it works by using, first, stereotypes. And there's numerous different stereotypes, One of some of which we haven't broken down, most of which we have. Um, but yeah, there's just like the magical Negro and its new edition, the gay best friend, uh, the black tough guy. And one that we'll probably talk about in the near future, which is the Smurfette principle, which is the idea that you're, you're basically the female version of the male who is the default counterpart, um, or similar to the Miss Pac-Man. Um, yeah. Uh, so really quick, I thought the Smurfette was more of being... I guess in my mind being the singular female in a like pretty much yeah. male only thing. And then the Miss Pac-Man was being the separate of the being the male version. Sorry, the female version well, of the male character. Both of those are kind of stereotypes. Yeah. Yes. You're well, right. Yeah, and I mean they're both stereotypes and they're both horrible. I'm just saying yeah, in sorry. my mind I thought Smurfette was No, Smurfette is the the female member of the group and of a group. And then yeah. Miss Pac-Man is the female version of a male dominant character. Trying to literally give an example of the Smurfette other than literally just using Smurfette and I cannot think of it. Power Ranger. Okay. <laughs> the one female Power Ranger. Yeah. We got like... um. There are a lot of them around, but it's less common now, but it is still a commonplace thing, particularly in manga and anime to have the one female um one piece generally started out with only one female yeah character. yeah one piece no Na naomi nami was the um yeah the smurfette um As i mean say, for like a the, while for a while bleach had it basically the same thing too bleach had it naruto literally if you look at all of the teams it's two males and one female on the team yeah um you, there's no actual female teams you get that a lot in the um I guess Black Widow, really, in 
um, oh yeah black widow is one of the most classic ones because particularly as well not only is she not included in she's the only woman she gets discluded from most of the male stuff but anyways we're going to talk about this probably at another point yeah um and then the like other side of it is like treating characters as background characters so like you know what we kind of stated in the definition like these are characters that are usually disposable so with like fridging or like the black guy dies first but also like the character whose only agency is to help out the male character and like the uh, manic pixie dream girl so like this is creating these token characters as mannequins mannequins that you kind of place in your story specifically just to move the plot and they have no other real point of being there it's similar to how people noticed that all the black characters were dying on with the walking dead where people <laughs> just realized that they were literal fodder for zombies and another thing that i i think i've said before but a good word that often gets thrown around here which i didn't realize isn't a common word particularly if you're from um if english isn't your first language but set dressing so these people are often described as set dressing and my friend pointed out that she didn't know what set dressing meant and basically when you're in theater it's the stuff that you put on a set to make it look like a real thing so rather than just having a backdrop you have you have stuff on the tables you have other things like that so that's similar to mannequins in that way that it, it just makes a makes a story come alive by having background things that you put there set dressing people as set dressing so i just wanted to give uh, an example that i kind of wrote up which is that like thinking on this because some people like as we were having issues coming up with examples of like the smurfette principle this is the same thing you might not realize that it happens so i just want to put in everybody's head imagine you're on an adventuring team and you have a mage and you have a rogue and you have a fighter and the main character and often on these teams we boil them down to these like um as brian david gilbert said like syrupy character traits they're just like that one care it's a great ter- i don't know why i like that turn of phrase it's great oh it's not the turn of phrase it's just <laughs> that your first go-to was brian david gilbert you know Anyways. what you know what um <laughs> and it's uh yeah we boil them down to a single character trait and that's like similar to how we looked at the stereotype of the Genki girl, like characters get boiled down to a single trait. But often as a minority, while well, you may be given, you may just be given this one trait a number of times, like that while everybody else on your team, all the white males on your team are the mage, the rogue, the fighter, you're the woman, you're the black guy, your sole existence and point on that team when someone has to describe you to another human when they're describing the show, they're like, oh, who's Jackson? She's yeah, Jackson's the black guy. <laughs> if you have to describe that... Guy. What are you talking about? He's obviously to, the black guy. If you have to describe it that way, that's when you've gotten to tokenism territory. Um, yeah, also, I thought that I, was a good example. Really quick... I know it has nothing to do with the episode, but really quick, I thought of another Smurf that was when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a while literally just put in a female Ninja Turtle just to have one. Oh, I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, that, that happened. It's great. really weird. Fantastic. Anyways, <laughs> I thought Anyways, of an example. Continuing onwards, uh, I found this really good article um, that details on how sci-fi writing handles race, which I know we haven't talked a lot about sci-fi yet, but it is something we'll talk about in the future. I do need Jordan to read a little bit more sci-fi before we do that um, or force feed it to him. Um, and what? 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 This is going. Um, but it's important because basically I think it's a good segue because sci-fi purports that it can be about anything. Um, it can, it's set in space it's the final frontier it can be about literally any experience or any group of people you can make up whoever you want ursula gwen did a fantastic job of doing that her entire like career and there's but the unfortunate thing is that she's (laughs) she's the outlier and that even though it's supposed to be about anything and that's what they always be like oh yeah sci-fi is great for that it's frequently about white people it's about white people in space. 
colonizing well, non-white yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's literally just colonization, but with a different background. It's white people going out and discovering these weird worlds and making them their own. Yeah, and so, kind of if you look at it like that, it's kind of sickening at times. Yeah, in this article, which we'll have in the description, I highly recommend reading it. There were four options to how race can be viewed, which is metaphor, tokenism, diversity, and directly. And metaphor is kind of like what you're picturing, which is that either they're the colonists and then and then someone discovers that the aliens are actually good and that oh why are we fighting them we should they're sentient beings who we should be friends with like why are we they're doing not this? savages after all yeah so that's the way that that usually happens and you can probably think of so many examples like that or where they flip the book and they're like it's the Amer- it's the white people and then it gets turned into an american revolution narrative and blah 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 we all know this story um, white people who are wrong and then the other option tokenism is basically what we've been describing you have a team made up of white people with an alien thrown in a black yeah. guy thrown in you know and usually it's still a team of white people even though it's in space um but like a token alien is usually what happens there too then you have diversity which is actual diversity and generally the you yeah it's everything you imagine wide array of characters wide array of aliens wide array or even in a different context completely where the everybody's based on color which i believe has happened before where there's completely different races and and it's just mm-hmm. everything's different or the last option which is directly which is directly talking about the historical context of racism that's happened in our world today and it's continuing into a sci-fi place and handling that on face on now i think those are both good things and all of these are four options that have been used and that's the thing is that all of these options the author concedes can be used well or badly they can each be used in different ways but sci-fi tends to ignore the diversity and direct approaches for those that don't explicitly discuss race, preferring to talk about it that way. And by doing that, we're ignoring most of what sci-fi has to offer. And I completely agree with them that sometimes metaphor can be helpful. Sometimes tokenism can have its place in context, different contexts, like the way he's describing it is different context, but they're used almost completely with forsaking literally everything else when what it should be is an array of options and that probably the last two are used more frequently and the best options so yeah yeah that was that was an interesting way to i liked i like that article for how it put it because it it succinctly describes a genre that purports itself to be good at dealing with anything but doesn't actually i mean and with sci-fi like i feel like it's very easy where you have the whole galaxy and are saying we're finding all these different aliens and things i feel like it's very easy to do diversity and have yeah. in a mix rather than it just being space white people finding space minorities and subjugating them i, I feel yeah. like that is but i guess so along the lines of thinking about things recently is thinking about like how we've been moving forward and how things are getting diverse so like i kind of wanted to take the time to like really think about it's like what is actual diversity versus what is tokenism like when are we actually getting an intermix like full diversity and when is it just like okay well we got a black guy so now we check that box and we can keep going we're not racist anymore Uh, i guess really um first step is like it's it's inclusion it's really like looking at yourself it's like have you recognized that people who aren't just white men exist and like really it's like the next step is okay well now we have white we know that white men don't just exist how are we going to face it are we just going to continue with our white man story and peckle in one or two just to keep going that way are we really going to um i guess truly intermix rather than just following the same white male um narrative yeah and there's uh, a quote i pulled from uh the French Iberian author 
um, Audrey Conan that's like there's a thick line between representation and tokenism and we act like it's one flip over the other but it's actually quite big and it's it's more like two highways going in different directions and it's really a matter of what you're going to choose well and i I, I guess again it's really the idea is when we say tokenism we don't really look at it as like being as big of a thing it is like we say okay well yes tokens it's just referring to if we have a token black character but i i feel like it's it's way more clear if you start looking back at where things were where things are starting to go yeah and it's um what does diversity look like compared to tokenism and i guess really asking why is white the default yeah and i think we've talked about it a bit before on the podcast but like particularly coming from the perspective of nerddom why is white the default and i can answer that and then going you going further in depth is that it's a it's a it's a genre the genres that are clear, included in nerddom were largely founded by white men and created by them and i know that people throw well there's couple offshoots but as i was reading up on this it was funny because i came across a ranting tumblr post of someone being like (laughs) someone someone annoyed because sci-fi writers had been saying every time you go to a sci-fi and say they're not diverse they would throw up the same names they would throw (laughs) up the same four authors which i cannot remember all of them all i can remember is butler at the moment and this person was incredibly annoyed because two of the authors had switched genres and no longer wrote sci-fi and the other two were dead. <laughs> or actually, I think one of them and then the other three were dead. And so, like, they're like, you can't throw up. And then they threw up percentages of population to comparative to numbers of authors. And they're like, you can't throw up the same four names over and over again to purport why you're right. And it's the same with female authors in sci-fi as well. People, like, you can throw up the fact that Ursula Le Guin did have diversity in her work she achieved diversity in ways that other people didn't in a time when people weren't doing this at all but people didn't follow in her footsteps that closely and she's an outlier and that's unfortunate and so but yeah it's just that i think you have to remember that white is the default in 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 nerddom because that's how it started. That's who. That's the only people who were allowed to. Mm-hmm. And particularly, I've been feeling this recently. Is the like it's not just a. It's not just. It's not just based on actual who was allowed to look at the stuff. And it was. It's an economic factor, and that's goes to that systemic economic racial divide as well. Is like that. Most minorities, particularly in the U.S., but all over the world, in or all over the Western world, suffer from the fact that most, anyways, whatever, that you 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 can't you can't participate and you couldn't participate in nerddom until unless you were had money. Yeah, a rich white man, and well, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but like the people who had money were white men. Yeah. And you can still feel that today. Like I've mm-hmm. been feeling it a little bit recently is that if you didn't, sometimes you can feel left out when you didn't have the same things as the people growing up. It's true. And I mean, space, I do feel a little bit guilty because a lot of, I mean, that's kind of half of like the anime show I've been doing. It's like talking about the show and they'd be like, oh, well, I grew up with this and you saying that, well, you didn't have cable, so you don't have the same experience. And I, I do feel guilty. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a little simplistic what I'm trying to say, but because I know it's going to sound obvious to other people, but it's just that often in nerddom, we do this thing where we are like, you haven't read that. You haven't watched that. And we still do that today. And I'm just, I've just been reminded of it a lot recently of that that is most frequently tied to economic factors and we do that a lot i I, i've done that myself like millions of times and it's something that i need to work on 
that something I need to work on too. Yeah, that yeah. Anyways, but that's that's neither here nor there. Jordan, back to why is white the default? <laughs> Sorry. Um. Well, so really quick, based on what you were saying, like um, that example you gave of like, oh, well, they brought up the like authors. Two of them were dead, and the other two had no longer written sci-fi anymore. But I guess there's there's a, in thinking about this a lot. There's like this like personal self invalidating that I've been doing, like especially with the show. I've been thinking through. It's like, oh. Well, who am I to complain? Because there were black superhero shows growing up. Like, there was Static Shock. And, like, I know when I do mention not growing up with some of that stuff, not, like, having that diversity, people bring up, like, Static Shock. They bring up that, oh, another token character was the Black Green Lantern, the Justice League. They bring up um, the Green Lantern. They're like, oh, there, there was this stuff. But then we have what? Two black superheroes who were mainstream when I was growing up versus how many white and well and just to get I want just sorry I just want to give you a move to your argument which is that I uh, Anita Scarcozzi and I remember when she went through and looked at the uh, rate of female led TV shows yeah and in the nineties there was a shit ton of them and then we got into the two thousands and they disappeared they literally disappeared off TV. And so as a woman, it's like you can go through, you went through periods of, oh, I grew up in a place where there was female characters. You got Buffy, you got so many different characters and then nothing. So just adding on to that. And when the world needed them most, they disappeared. Exactly. Anyways, continue. Sorry to go Avatar on you right there. But yeah, like, but thinking about that same thing is it's that same argument was like, I started, like, if I was like, okay, why am I really, like, complaining about this? Because I did have black heroes growing up. But it's like, no, the amount of, like, black-led, black-driven, powerful black characters is significantly small compared to the, not even just white as a whole, but white male characters. Yeah. Yeah, like, just look I, at the, like, you you go to the black female characters... Like, oh my god, that number is still close to insanely zero. Insanely low, and it just it should not be that way. It it shouldn't. It, it it's yeah, it's just it's bad. And like like so that example, like, we need to stop doing it. It's like, okay, you it's like, oh, I didn't have this diversity growing. Well, yes, you did. You had one and two. We need to start recognizing that there was the problem as a whole, that this was like in that same way it is its own form of tokenism but kind of going back on topic of why is white the default um i mean i'm not necessarily a historian but white's the default because i will say straight up colonialism it it starts where the people making the moves the people going out into society and i guess conquering other people were white they told their stories and they shut down and i don't know if i'm talking about this in the right way but they they ended up going to other cultures and filling in their cells and spreading out that way so a lot of the other cultures were kind of suppressed in telling their own stories and kind of pushing that forward in that way so i guess we have um the white voice being the most predominant because of colonialism like we go overseas they um suppress the native american voice the african-american voice was enslaved and not allowed to speak and even then because of racism and all it was continued to be suppressed so why is it white because all of the other cultures weren't given the chance to speak up i guess if oh, any of that makes I, sense. I love this self-realization moment now and i say this because this is like i'm an I'm an academic and I study the past in a field basically that's was okay. founded on colonialism and nationalism. My entire oh, field, archaeology, is is a result of this and it's used to to remove agency from people and that's what it used to do. And so this is something that I what you're saying is something that I've studied extensively and know about myself and know have perspective on my own personal biases and exoticism and this is something that i've i know a lot about and so it makes me happy to hear you say these things because 
we haven't talked this <laughs> explicitly about this in a while. And so we're... And these are things that I know. And I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it, yeah, it just makes me happy that... that you're so passionate about these things because that is what you you're saying it correctly. And oh, there was a, actually <laughs> there was actually a wonderful anti-racist PSA by Cartoon Network that came out recently that I oh, highly recommend what? watching on yeah. Twitter at least that was um featured Pearl from Stevens Universe and it was basically saying the same things which is that history books are incomplete. They're told by the people who colonize, they're told by the colonizers. They used archaeology and history as ways to divorce people from their own pasts and to take their culture away from them and cl- claim it as their own. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's it's, so much. It's the <laughs> phrase that we hear all the time of history goes to the victor. So we have the white voice, the victor being the one to tell the stories, being the one to, I guess, assert themselves as the dominant voice. And so coming even hundreds of years later to like telling the stories white has been the dominant voice for so long and when they think to create media when they thought to write these stories it was about the dominant voice white and the other minorities got left out from it because we did not have that same i guess dominance in i as well if anybody i think we'll probably have an episode about this because i just realized it's something i'm interested in talking about which is um uh orientalism and exoticism in orientalism and as people like to say fetishization of east asian culture um but if you are interested in other cultures other than your own i highly recommend that you take the time to read edward saeed's orientalism um i generally think that all archaeologists should read it i it's a it's a um, seminal work on basically kicking the ass out of people doing what was called Orientalism and basically a combination of culture studies and archaeology. And it helps you as a white, particularly as a white person or a Western person just in general, free frame your context and highly recommend that. I think it will, will give you perspective on what we're talking about here in the long run and just in general because we are dealing with different cultures yeah i mean i i will be able to talk about this more in detail when we get a little bit further into the episode but like it is a thing where it's like to a point other cultures are seen as exotic and we're starting to well there was a point where like that's the only story we could tell with those characters where like oh look how exotic they are and how different rather than showing them as proper human beings, but we can talk about that in a second. As the other. They're an other. They're not a human. They're an other. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's tre- treating characters as the other. And I guess, are, are you ready to move on to the next point? Okay. So is making a character diverse in a legacy work diversity or tokenism? We, we've talked about this quite a bit. Like, I don't yeah. know if it's been more me just ranting for pages at a time of you <laughs> and just like what do you think or like if we actually had conversations about this but i know i've definitely talked about this a lot yeah. in the last two years yes you have you people don't know he talks about this all the fucking time on a all near constant time. basis leah on it's, a near constant basis i'm glad we're doing this episode so that maybe i won't have to hear the same like i'm like yes jordan i i do agree with you yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah it's like yeah, you yeah, can yeah. only agree so much right exactly exactly um i yeah i i don't think that it's true diversity in most cases um i do think that mostly it's tokenism i think yeah that there's very little most of that the majority of cases of this that we have seen is how i would qualify that is that it is industries trying to make money off of a different audience rather than being about making diversity because if they were trying to do diversity they would tell different stories um but (laughs) Yeah, it's 
yeah 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 fill in the bullet points before i take 10 minutes to actually make the argument but well yeah no i'm, I'm not making fun i'm just saying because i would have just gone on a long road of that but i guess my whole thing has been and i will try to get this out as quickly as possible a lot of the times when it's been adding diversity it's been on remakes and reboots where it's like hey we're gonna make johnny storm black or hey this character is now asian or hey and it's like okay what does a what does that have to do with the story b why are you feeling in uh at like a minority at this character rather than giving them their own story like making it a story to talk about minorities and see it just is it, it it just does not feel genuine it it doesn't it feels again back to checking off a box and that's why i feel like it's more tokenism di than diversity and i guess sometimes we can have good intentions in doing it but a lot of the times i look at these things with kind of just in anger because it does feel like you're just dismissing the pleas for actual diversity by filling in this kind of pseudo diversity tokenism and it's like just look at we've talked about milan like we talked about this when we discussed Mulan is the fact that it was supposed to be like, yeah, we're, we're addressing all like we're getting rid of the racism. We're going to redo it. And then at the same time, they created this version of China that's just an amalgamation of a different parts of China and is Disney-fied. And it was just like, that's what was the point of that? What was the point of doing that just to say you're going to do that when clearly what? it was about you trying to woo the chinese audience which you failed to do anyways they were doing it to like we said earlier to show that we are diverse we're not racist it's fulfilling to, to get a different market to yeah, fill to a different fill, market to fill a market rather than actually doing it because they cared about diversity and yeah. to me since that fits right into the definition of tokenism i think that making a character diverse in a legacy work and doing stuff it especially with all this reboot shit it is just tokenism now and there's like cases where you can adapt something like new book adaptations that's yeah. a different story we're not talking about those we're talking about largely the reboots of things that are already made but like for me i oh actually ignore this I want to talk about that when we get to the next part. Cool. That gives me free reign. So what does actual diversity and character integration look like? So I guess this is one thing. And I mean, I think I've talked to you about this a little bit. And I mean, I, I know it's been on my mind for the last, I guess, entire year. What does actual diversity character integration look like? And I know a lot of times we have movies and have characters specific, like, I guess here, we'll take it from my personal perspective, where we will have a movie specifically about um, African-Americans' play in society, rather than focusing on that African-American character outside of anything other than the civil rights march, slavery, and like, oh, this character went to a store and had someone say something racist to. Like, I feel like African-American stories aren't always having to be about racism and so i feel like actual diversity integration would be you could have that but that not be the only part that character tells is about yeah. i guess their ancestry or about their their struggles in society i feel like actual diversity in inner character integration is when we're all acting as if we are are just people I, I feel like it, it's if you can treat us the same way, treat us and write us the same way you white write a white male character. I think that is more along the lines of what actual character integration would look like rather than be like, oh, this black guy has slave like ancestors. Like, no, no, this black character has all these awesome traits. He's not also, just a former slave. But also I would qualify that with caveat that we don't yeah. just want to be homogenous the, yeah. no the minority version of oh. a white character True. we want yes. the same amount of agency and voice we don't want to tell the same stories because yes. 
anybody in the LGBT community can tell you is anytime they Holly most times Hollywood has tried to tell those stories LGBT plus stories they just they just turn into watered down rom-coms that are so heteronormative it's insane that it's just that that you gotta you have you're allowed to still like you should still be allowed to tell different world points and viewpoints and that's something that like to include other things is that it's not just we're not just translating to a we're not just translating the male perspective onto different minorities we're allowing other people to tell their stories i i guess those stories aren't just about the historical past yeah true i guess when i said like we need to treat them in the same way it was like give them the same attention and time you would with the white male character rather than just or more so yeah or more so rather than just relying on oh this is a black person oh this is an asian person so yes of course we have to have some like samurai background like because that's what fucking disney does and shit well and that was a large part of the like why i came up with the question of why is white the default is is that it was people being like why do we need to have white people in the narrative why do white people get pissed when there's not a single white person in the movie because they're used to being the i mean i don't have to answer that rhetorical question but they're used to being the dominant and when they're not the dominant it's upsetting yeah so that's something that we need to think about yeah it's the fact that it's not even you don't have to be (laughs) you don't need to be see yourself as the person of the same skin color in a movie to go and see it. Yeah. yeah. Cause I've been doing that for the last 20 Exactly. Like you don't need to see a person who has the same sexual orientation of you to go and see a movie about some, a romance. It's because just saying people of all sexual orientations have pretty much been forced to see the same romance over and over again for the past, like, since however many years and years and years since movies were made so right yeah and that's that's what Um, it looks like and that's that's you know you gotta pull out the rpg rest in peace that that she said that on the supreme court true true equality is when the supreme court is made up of all women that's what it looks like yeah and it's the same thing that happens here is that you can have you can get diversity we can get diversity to a place, but we need to get to a place as well that is comfortable with not seeing yourself yeah. in a narrative. And that's fine. That's right. fine by me. And it's like one of the first few episodes we do, well, like I was posed that question like like by other people. It's like, well, why does it matter if there's a black character in this or not? Well, think about it yourself. Why does it matter if there are no white people? And it's like, it's... Uh, you watch anime well, with only Asian characters in it all fucking day. Why the fuck does it matter if they're all black? Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I can get down another line. We can save my rant for another episode because I will be talking for the next 10 minutes. But let's move on to yeah. fantasy in historical settings. Yeah. So as we were talking about before with like is making a character in a legacy work thing, I, it reminded me of the fact that Another question I've posed multiple times is, or seen posed is, should fantasy worlds based on or inspired by historical times and places be diversified? Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> that's the thing is that the example I have for, like, making a legacy work diverse doesn't extend to adaptation, new adaptations of books. Like, you look at the new adaptation of David Copperfield, that was beautiful. Loved mm-hmm. that. Loved to see it. Loved the cast. Doesn't matter who they are. Not really. Does not matter what their skin color is because they're retelling a piece of fiction. Yeah. A piece of fiction. Well, well, well. My my stance on this is like there's a difference between based on and inspired on rather than is. Like if it's based on it, you can do whatever. And it's like it's like like look, Hamilton. Look, it was look, look, look. Look, I need to have a moment. I need to have a moment. I I need to have a moment. I'm going to say, which is that this is to all you people 
who think that because the Witcher is based on Poland, that it needs to be all white. It doesn't. It's a fantasy setting. It's not based on a real place. I don't care fuck that you think it should be all white. Does not matter. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's one thing I was going to address later, but like, cause I did get in that argument with a friend. It's like, well, why is this character this way? And why is this character that way when it's based off Poland? It's like, yeah, based on it isn't Poland. It's based off. We can, it's a fantasy world for the God's sake. But I guess fantasy. my stance lies in like, especially like rewriting in the past. Like, yeah, if you want to do your like stock center, this is exactly how history played out fine do that but if you want to like show a different perspective or show a different way of like or even base something off the past go ahead and be as diverse as you want to be but like thinking about it like hamilton hamilton is its own unique thing based off of history it is retelling of history in hip-hop in with african-american characters and i don't see anybody getting mad about that look people didn't get mad about samurai champloo and the fact that it is hip-hop melded with japanese history like look we don't know it's It's the same it's just the (laughs) it's just the like yeah the fantasy worlds are their own thing and as well like yeah we're getting into the question of like should we diversify the past and i generally think that yeah I, you can't. I, I believe that you can. We've been shown that you can diversify the past in order to tell a unique story. Particularly since a lot of these movies that are historical say they're based on true events. Most of them don't have to change things in them to make them interesting for the public to consume. Well, that's in reality, the... you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't like them if they were as they actually are. <laughs> There are so many like threads that I can grab on and talk about from that. But I guess it's the first and foremost, like, the, oh, well, based on true events. And then like you'll look at the movie and then look at the pictures of the people from those true events. And the movies always like make them look way better and way sexier. So why can't we make them a little diverse? Just saying. Just saying. And then the other thing is like, again, history is told by the victors. So you only see one side of it and tell the other stories yeah tell the other story we're only focusing on i shouldn't say this because it's another lie but like we focus on oh christopher columbus sailed the ocean blue and look he's a like american hero but also tell the other story of how he was a sick bastard or 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 even more perspective on this here you go here's the archaeological perspective on this do you know that the reason why they went to go search out for the new world do you know this reason? Okay, let me tell you the reason. It's because the Silk Road collapsed. The Silk Road, the largest trading network the world had ever seen that existed for hundreds and hundreds of years, collapsed just after the Western Europe finally got access to it. And so they were like, oh shit, we only got <laughs> access to this thing because we were backwards and didn't, and we're in the Middle Ages and like blah, blah, blah. Like they, had, they weren't a part of it until the very end. And so they were like, oh, maybe we should have this. And that's why people went looking for the new world, which completely inverts the story because it's actually coming from a place of weakness that they weren't able to connect to the Silk Roads until the very end. That's ridiculous. Um, And there's so many other stories to be told along the Silk Roads that are even better. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. But it's just like, yeah, you're right. Just flip the narrative. Tell all those things. Also, I know this is a logical fallacy to say this, but can we just look at the amount of times we've told the same thing of white guys, samurais? Like, <laughs> I was about to bring up because we talked about Niho like a few episodes back. Yeah, I just like it is a logical fallacy to say this the same way backwards, but at the same time, like you do it enough, just stop. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can, t- you can tell stories. stories about samurai that don't focus on Tom Cruise. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. But I know I've done the just say the like eight times. Like, that's the episode. thing that pissed me off about the new Assassin's Creed. And I know everybody's all whatever that is great, great, real great. Why the fuck do we keep telling the same Western stories over and over again? There is an immense amount of stories that could have been told in Assassin's Creed that would have been far more interesting than goddamn the Vikings again. Why couldn't you have gone to like 
Bucharest or or San Marcan or somewhere else east. There's the entirety of that world that would have been so interesting to explore and would have actually felt fell within the Assassin's Creed timelines and universe that would have made much more sense. And it oh, they would it's, oh, it's such like who the fuck wanted to see Vikings again? I don't care if it's good. I just am I'm just like it's the same. You use the same cultures over and over and over again. There are so many more and, interesting stories. And I know video game development takes a while, but like, come on, guys. You can't just ride on the coattails of the new God of War game and be like, oh, Vikings are still cool. Like, come up with a different idea. Also, I'm going to bleep myself in this coming part because I'm going to be overly aggressive. But look at me. If you want to be truly daring and tell a cool story, how about you do a black assassin, bitch? Come mm. on. Come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I got really aggressive there. But like, it would, you, no. there's so many so cool stories you could do. Why are we still doing like white people? And I know Assassin's Creed, like, yes, we've done Egypt. We've done different stories. But, like Look, Vikings, think, guys, Vikings. It's clearly a matter, like before they were trying to make it tangentially connected to the actual like places where assassins could have existed. No. Absolutely not. You're no, it doesn't just matter telling a white person's. You're just telling another white culture. Like, I'm sorry. Just just straight up admit it. There's there's no point. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're, we could, sorry. we, could we both this. had we both had rants on this one. But <laughs> just the the fantasy world justifications always make me angry cuz I'm just like it's got magic. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, why? 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 <laughs> why do why? we always do that to ourselves? Why? 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 <laughs> why? Be more constructive um, with your feedback. Exactly. That's exactly why we're here. We're being constructive with our feedback. Um. So, what are some steps? Wow, my tongue just didn't work. What are some steps forward? And I guess I wanted to kind of do this this next section like in a specific way it's like what are some questions you should ask yourself before writing a diverse character or a group of characters and like like when you're approaching this it's like is this character gonna be a token or am i actually doing this character right and so and then at the end i want to add a little something so yeah dude you do you man so i guess so here's a few questions so is this character a set piece or does this character have its own agency where does the focus lie? Is it on the, quote, hero of the group while the others support? Or are the members of this group characters equal in their contributions? Are you putting the minority character in harm's way specifically to show how serious the plot is or build a plot for another character, i.e. fridging or killing whatever character first? And would you treat your other characters in the same way? And those, those are just kind of, when you're writing, when you're watching stuff, ask yourself this is this character there specifically for other characters or do they have their own agency and i think that's a way we can start to kind of differentiate between tokenism and diversity take it away leah i was gonna so back to my recommendation for edward saeed which is that i think an important part of this that even academics need to do more but is aware of in academia when you're studying other cultures is to be aware of your own personal biases and place in, in where you stand. Like, what is your personal experiences? What experiences are and biases are impacting your work? Like, what influences your work? Because academics do this all the time when we're writing is, what is it that's Im- influencing how I'm writing? Where am I coming from? What could impact the decisions I'm making in this study? Great. Do the same for your writing. Yeah. Do the same things. Do the same. Consider where you are. In general, it's just good to know, particularly if you come from a place of privilege, to be aware of what your privilege is. But at the same time, too, to just, like, do those self-check-ins. To be like, okay, I'm a white woman. Means I, I don't really know about others' experiences. And is as uh, will I write a good African-American woman if I'm writing? Probably not. I need to get outside perspective. I need to make sure that this works with someone else. Like, 
being aware of where you're lacking is incredibly important. And it's doing that through reading texts, like like to, to highlight where you might see those other perspectives. There are many people who have written on subjects like this, getting outside perspectives, reading people from other cultures, reading indigenous views, reading other worldviews, and orientating themselves and looking into Orientalism and how that was such a shitbag thing and that all other stuff that, yeah, it's, it's a really good way to orientate yourself by looking at how other people view the world and being aware of what colonialism has done to affect your experience versus yeah. others. I think just in general, we should just always, we should, we should not just like try to write our own diverse things, but like diversify our whole perspective, our friend groups, our whole lives, rather than just staying away, uh, stay towards one side or the other. So I don't think I said any of that right. <laughs> I kind of got what you're saying. It's fine. Anyways, um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. You agree? I think right. it's good. I feel good. I I enjoy that. I'm honestly surprised I did get a lot angrier about some of the <laughs> stuff earlier because I could have. But eh, it's fine. I, I I enjoyed this. So I have the smile on my face because I am in the boat that you are usually in when coming to this next section. Oh my god. But what really? are you what have you been um into recently? <laughs> Cause all the stuff that I've been doing recently kinda sucks. So oh. <laughs> what have you been doing recently? Oh, let me think. Let me think for a second. Mm. Okay, I will also think because I am in that same boat of oh shit. I've got one. It's fine. So I uh I just blasted my way. This is going to be a spoiler okay. warning for a uh, new TV show, Netflix, uh, in case I say anything that's not whatever. Um, I just finished watching last night, Alice in Borderland. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. The, the ending was uh, or not as whatever as I wanted it to be, but uh, so far, so like pretty suspenseful, interesting characters. Um, I've started to notice a trend potentially in Asian dramas where uh, I've seen two so far that have, have started. So they actually include transgender characters, but they're played by women. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's... It's their first, like, the, you, the, the, I think it's something to keep an eye on. This is what I'm saying. Is that it's great because the fact is, is that East Asian dramas, other than Thailand, where you've got a whole slew of other stereotypes to deal with, don't have transgender characters in them, like, ever in mainstream things. Um, and, but it's something to keep an eye on as the fact of, um, mm. yeah, that you gotta, you gotta get away from that. Gotta get away from that. Like, I'm, I applaud them for starting to include characters, but man, why not just hire someone who can play that role, who knows that role intimately well? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. So, my life has changed quite a bit in the last two weeks, and um, I've literally just been doing things that are old, and I mean, one of them is bad. Not like bad diversity-wise bad, <laughs> it's just not good. Um, I'll drop the line, as, uh, it's Batman Arkham Knight, I have issues. But I guess the thing that I really wanted to talk about is, um, I guess the two, I mean, you can listen to the whole recommendation of World Shop with this, but the two webcomics I've been into, um, I recently read the webcomic Crumbs, which is a romance, pretty much a romance story, and set in this like magical world, but I think the way that they handled the romance and they handled the characters um, was very realistic. It was not your like over the top romance, like the kind of the crux, the um, like argument they got into was realistic. It wasn't like manufactured drama. And I thought that was great. It also like diverse characters, but without checking boxes, it felt like, these characters exist in this world 
and it's not like oh hey look we have a black character because this character is black oh hey we have lesbians because we need to have lesbians but like it actually felt like these characters naturally exist in this world as friends and as a group and i appreciated that yeah and actually no i don't even have to talk about my other stuff read crumbs on webtoons it's great so that's all i got (laughs) don't play arkham knight i'm angry God. If oh, if God. you don't mind, I would like to yell about but. it after this show. Anyways, Leah, do you got anything else for today? Nope. Okay. I also do not got anything else. I'm excited for what we're gonna well our next episodes, but this was a this was a huge one because like I said, it encompasses 90% of what we've talked about in the last week's last few episodes. And like I guess even moving forward, you'll probably see a lot more stuff like get wrapped up into it as well. So anyways that's been the show um yeah we'll talk to y'all later bye bye